0: verse
1: 129 and 130. Excellent. Thank you, Scarlett. By the way, you know, it said that she uh, uh, she dislikes shoes. If you notice, she was up here barefooted. I'm for that. But she does like building forts and playing games with her friends and stuff. Thank you, Scarlett. You did a great, uh, Scarlett. You did a great job uh, reading for us. You know, uh, we're back in our study of Psalms, and so if you'll turn in your Bibles or get your phone there, however you tend to look at the Scriptures and go to uh, uh, this particular Psalm, Psalm 119. 119. This happens to be the longest chapter in the Bible. You know, uh, and uh, so uh, if you're wondering how we're going to cover all that... Well, you know, it's only uh, 176 verses in this chapter. Uh, so sit back, get comfortable. No, not really. We're not going to take that long. We're not going to go through every verse of this thing, but boy, is it rich. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Uh, before we get actually into the psalm i i was i was thinking about david was talking uh, we were visiting about uh different testimonies and different things and about who has spent some intensive time in the word that it changed their life and we could hear a little bit from them and so uh, uh chad johnson's uh name came up and uh, so we got Chad to do a short video. Can you imagine that? A short video. <laughs> well, it's you know as short as we could get it with Chad Johnson. And so, uh, but no, I, I love Chad and I love his insights. And so, if you uh, don't mind, take a minute. And let's watch uh, this video here.
0: Uh, I had hit the bottom of my barrel and I was looking for something. I was looking for something different and better. I'd pretty much, um, pretty much lost everything I had. So, uh, came to Whites Fair Road, uh, and something I thought was weird on the first day was, uh, everybody was carrying their Bibles, which was weird where we went. The Bibles were in the fuse and you didn't carry them. Uh, these days you can wear the cover off of them. Carried them but uh, that was one of the first things that stood out to me uh, so you know uh, I'm type A I've been through a lot of stuff um, got a pretty long testimony uh, but still just full you know from the time coming here of a lot of selfishness a lot of way too much of Chad and not too much of Jesus so I've probably been uh, in a group since the day I got here. Uh, we started at Kevin Walker's house, and uh, have I always been in a group from sober um, Recovery Men's Study? Um, there's always been a group. There's always been uh, morning classes, and um, something that I noticed here was, uh, you know, Mac, Phil, and Alan did a lot of depositing in me, but even from the the pulpit there is a lot of bible reading and understanding so um getting to understand and read god's word made a lot of sense um probably the most sense is when phil drew the gospel out on the board and we're actually you know reading the bible and that makes sense it makes sense to die to my old self um put that person to bed to live a new life and i'm like i can understand that um so it wasn't too long later um I did obey the gospel, and uh, I would say for the first time. So, uh met my uh, amazing wife, Debbie, here, and uh, we started our Brady Bunch family. Everybody in the house was different. Uh, Debbie did a much better job at being a mom in that family than I did, being that her husband. Really struggled with that. Uh, you know, really had a lot of stuff that I hadn't dealt with and, and hadn't processed. Uh, so... As we're trying to grow our families, you know, uh, enroll, celebrate recovery, uh, I remember Mac, uh, asked me to help, but it was his way of baiting me into, he knew I needed to get some help. So got in a step study. Probably one of the most powerful things about step study was, you know, uh, you have to say I and me statements. And I really struggled with that because, you know, I was there to help people or fix people, not realizing that I was the one that needed. Help and fixing. So, uh, I started saying I and me and man, the light just started shining on me and it really started this, uh, long process of, uh, I guess sanctification to where I'm starting to remove a lot of stuff and, uh, and start acknowledging that. So, we're coming here. We've been here 10, 15, 20 years. Um, we're raising our family and, you know, it, I still, you know, it seems like I'm stuck or not growing. I, you know, it's three steps forward, two steps back. And uh, I know I'm not where I need to be. And so I remember um, uh, having a thought and uh, it was uh, taking, the thought was to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And, um, you know, I remember thinking that I grabbed my Bible um, uh look for it, it wound up being Second Corinthians ten five, uh, and it states to take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. And I just said, Lord, I was like, I don't know how to do that. Um What do I wrestle it, tackle it, how do I take a thought captive? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And so I started praying and reading, praying and reading, and uh I said, you know, my thoughts turned into words, words turned into conflict and uh and I want to change that. And so um, I pretty much arrived at uh, uh, Philippians uh, 4, 7 through 9, and it was very interesting, uh, and I'll just paraphrase it. And Basically, it says, Chad, look, when you get anxious, instead of being anxious, worrying, and fretting, what I want you to do is to thank your problem to me and, and write that down. So I'm like, you want me to write down my anxiousness in the form of a thank you. Well, at the end of that verse, is a promise, and God says, Chad, if you'll do that, I'll guard your heart and mind. And so, um, you know, I don't have another standard. There's not another manual that I go by, um, and I believe um, these are God's promises. So I start reading and writing and thanking God, and I'm asking, you know, Uh, I made a decision, let me back up, I make a decision that if I really want to get serious about changing who I am, uh, I needed to change, at least as a beginning thing, one thing in my behavior, which was to go to bed earlier so I could get up earlier, so I could actually spend time uh, reading, and so I think I went for like 420 days, something like that, of just very intensely... um, Asking God, Lord, show me what I can't see about me and show me how to change that. Now, if you could just tell me it would be great. Um, If not, I'm going to be in my word reading and writing my thank you to you. Uh, Got into holy fear and unholy fear. Um, Got into, you know, the Beatitudes. uh, uh, Crazy one words at the beginning of all of them except for that one word means something different every time. you know, started looking for God's promises. Uh, started getting into understanding the process of sin and the process to get out of that. Um, talked about slavery. Uh, so um, that that went on for four or five years. It's even led to focusing on 40 days of fasting, giving up something that's big to me. Something you know, and I'm not saying I went without food, uh, but I did lay down some other. Uh, very he- heavy items that I said, you know, I want to set that aside, God. If, if I can truly, if you're truly the Lord of my life, then I can function without that. And, uh, you know, that moved even more out of me to say, hey, I still got unhealthy emotions. Um, and, uh, there's still, you know, obviously a lot of opportunity. Um, so I, I would say this is that. Um, and I'll close it with, you know, the way I started is I saw real people here, um, you know, and I know there's people probably listening from all over. You may or may not be able to drive here, but you can worship here online is, uh, you know, our elders and their wives, they're real people. They're really flawed, but they're real people. And uh, they, uh, they serve God's family well here. And they're always pointing us to God's word. Uh, Yeah, so that's it. Um, I'm Chad Johnson. Uh, I'm working on living a renewed life through God's Word.
1: Thank you, Chad. appreciate you sharing. Uh, I love Chad. I appreciate his uh, desire to dig into the Word and to make it a part of his everyday life and his humility in doing so. And so he's always been a great encouragement to me, and I know he has many, many others too. There's something about just consistently getting into the Word of God and letting it change you. Now, our church, particular church here, we came out of our history of churches, we came out of a group called uh, the Restoration Movement restoration movement was years ago was people who said you know what we all we want to do is follow the bible we, we don't want to be we don't want the government telling us what to believe and that that was happening over in Europe those places during the time we're going to get out of that we don't want denominational leaderships telling us what to believe we don't want uh, any of that kind of, we just want to study the bible and be Christians just whatever we find in the bible i love that by the way i love that plea uh, now, it didn't always go well because when you study uh and you don't have to have an understanding of how to study or about God's grace and what the gospel is and what it's not, you can get off course. And we got off course some, you know, we got into legalism a little bit and we had to kind of back out of that and learn about grace. And so, so it's always a journey of learning, right? We're still learning, every one of us. Uh, nobody ha- has the corner on everything. Nobody knows this whole book. We're all still learning, including anybody that stands in this pulpit and anybody you ever listen to from anywhere else. So make sure you understand. If somebody gets up and they're going to tell you they got all the answers, run from them, all right? Uh, come back to somebody like me who you know doesn't have the answers. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't, right? Uh, 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 that's what I love about our church family. We allow each other to study and grow. Now we're solid on the gospel and the story of the death, burial, resurrection. We know what's the power to save and touch people's hearts and change their lives. But but then there's the nourishing and things that go on through the Word of God, and so uh, that's an ever-growing process. Um, Psalm one nineteen is one particular chapter that deals with the Word of God over and over and over again. Now this psalm was written uh, as an acrostic type thing. If you'll notice, every eight verses through the end of the psalm is a section. And that section is started by a Hebrew letter in the Bible. And this follows consecutively till you've got all those letters lined up. And the writer did it this way they think probably so people could memorize this section of scripture at the time, so it's like uh, it starts with A or ISF or whatever that particular, uh, however you say that particular Hebrew letter, and that's eight verses. Then there's the next one, uh, Beth, which is another eight verses. Then there's the next one, another eight verse, and so there's 22 sections like that, and uh, so that makes out for a 22 point sermon, which we're not going to do. Don't 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 run off. Don't run off. We're not going to do, but. Just to help you understand, there is when there's poetry, and that's what the psalms are. There's psalms and there's hymns and there's poetry involved. You have this kind of thing happen sometimes that we lose a little bit uh, through the English translation of how something was written. Uh, this uh, to the uh, to the rebellious, when he talks about the law of the Lord, to the rebellious, the law is an enemy that condemns. To the legalist. The law is a slave driver who robs people of freedom. But to the child of God, the law is a teacher that helps them see the character and beauty of God and how to be holy the way God wants us to be. As Warren Worsby says in one of his commentaries, The law is not a weapon in the hands of an angry judge. But a tool in the hands of a loving Father, used by the Spirit to make us more like Jesus Christ. Let me read that again. I want you to get this thought. The law because in Psalm 19, the writer's going to write about the law over and over again. The law is not a weapon in the hands of an angry judge, but a tool in the hands of a loving Father, used by the Spirit to make us more like jesus christ that's why we dive into the law to the word to the commands to the precepts. so so when we're talking about being renewed by the word we're renewed by what the word is and when you look at all the things that this psalm calls the word of god he uses words like law word, saying statutes the way commandments path testimonies precepts judgments And decrees. And all those things are still referring to what God has to say to us and how He wants us to live. The Word also in this Psalm has, draws pictures. It it describes the Word as water, as treasure, as counselor, as a song, as sweet as honey, as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our way. And there's all those pictures of what the Word is. So we're renewed by what the Word is, but we're renewed by what the Word does. What this word does, it blesses us, it purifies us, it protects us, it provides us guidance, hope, help, nourishment, understanding, wisdom, direction. All these things come out of this word. When he says at the very beginning, Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. He used the word blessed twice, the first two verses, and then you never see this word again in the rest of the psalm. But he starts with, it's a blessing, it's happiness to those that obey the law. He's not talking about a legalistic way of obeying so I can deserve to be saved because nobody deserves that, right? It's only by God's grace and mercy. But there is a blessed joy that comes from following and obeying the Word of God. And the writer here really understood the blessings of the law. Diving in to the Word of God. There was a guy named William McPherson years ago. And William McPherson on the job well, where they handled dynamite and other explosives so it was involved in an explosion. And when, we, and when, the, when it was all said and done, he, he had his, uh, the explosion hit his face and his hands. It, it took off. All the fingertips were all numb and burnt on his hands. It blinded him. He couldn't see. He couldn't read anymore. He couldn't do Braille because his fingers couldn't feel the Braille. He'd even seen where some, or he had heard where someone had read Braille with their lips. He tried that, but his lips had been burned so bad. He couldn't even do that. So after time after time of taking the Braille language and using his tongue to learn the individual letters, he practiced till he... His tongue bled inside his mouth just to read. And eventually read the entire Bible four times through with his tongue. I think he was like the writer here. I love the law of the Lord. I delight in it. It's sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. And I thought, man, I want to desire the word like that. There's been times when I've had those tastes that really grabbed me and I'm just like really got into studying for a while or whatever. And then I then I kind of lose interest and I go back and forth and had the ups and downs. And by the way, the writer here in Psalm 1, he does the very same thing. You'll see as you read this psalm, he has ups and downs in his life too. But he keeps falling back upon the stability of the word of God. I want to desire it that much. I want to capture the kind of love the writer in Psalm 119 has. You see, we're renewed not just because of what the Word is, but we're renewed not because of just what it does, but we're renewed by what we do with the Word ourselves. So in this psalm, you're going to find where he tells you some things to do. It's a lot of action in this thing. He says we're to study it, not study about it. Let me explain the difference. At the beginning of this sermon, I told you about the poetry and the style it was written in, right? I told you some things about it. It's in eight eight verses of sections and it starts with the Hebrew. I told you about it. But don't mistake that for me knowing the Word. Knowing the Word personally and letting it apply to my heart is something. Studying it with that intent for it to change my heart and life. We study. We dive into it. Then we obey it. We used to sing a song a lot of times at the end of our services, simply said, Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. obey obedience is a good, healthy word. We need obedience in our lives. We need to surrender ourselves to the Word of God and obey. We study it. We obey it. We store it. The psalmist is going to say here, Thy word have I hidden in my, where? Heart. Heart. If it's in your heart, it's in your mind. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not what? Sin. So we store it up in our hearts. He's going to say also, the psalmist says, we declare this word to other people. Our lips speak of the commands and tell other folks. Something else we do is we rejoice over it. We get excited. Joy is born out of the word of God. It's powerful. It cuts us. It changes us. And it can bring us joy. This great Word of God. I want to uh, encourage you. Now, think about this. I want to encourage you to be more of an architect than an archaeologist. An archaeologist digs up the past. An architect builds for the future. There's, yeah, we can give the Lord a hand about that. It's okay. Now, I'm not saying there's not value in understanding some things about the past. But I'm telling you, you can go through the most aggressive, great counseling session in the world and dig up past and figure out maybe why things happen the way they happen that puts me here in this situation. But none of that has the power to change your life. Or to take care of your sin. Only God does that through the gospel. And the word of God continues to build our life. So my encouragement is to dig into God's word more than you dig up past mistakes. And surrender to what you find that is right. That's a hard word sometimes for us, isn't it? Surrender. We used to sing that old song around here. I surrender all. I surrender all. Remember that? All to Jesus. I surrender all. And then I had to ask myself, do I? Because the Word of God, and we find the writer in Psalm 119, so often challenges Himself to surrender to put himself under the precepts the decrees let me let me read a variety of verses out of this psalm we're going to wrap this up it's going to be the longest chapter in the Bible may be the shortest sermon you've had here so <laughs> uh, would, that, would that be a bad thing? no not at all Mike okay yeah yeah, and plus, if I do it very often, I become the best liked preacher. So, <laughs> no, not really. I'm just kidding. Uh, Curtis, you guys go ahead and come on up. By the way, they're like, now there's somebody still out getting a drink of water and all that. You know, it's too quick, right? Oh, come on. Really, I just want you close enough to make sure you hear these verses too. So I'm just getting you on up it. Um. Remember, we said you study, you obey, you store, you declare, and you rejoice. I want to read this section, second section of eight verses. And it contains, in some degree, all those things. And then I want to read a few various verses throughout this psalm. How can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me astray from your, stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. Basically what it says there is, it's more about my faith than my bank account. Your word is more valuable to me than what's the money I just put in the bank. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Everybody say that with me. I will not neglect your word. One more time. I will not neglect your word. another couple of verses your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path the unfolding of your words give light it gives understanding to the simple I'm glad because I'm a pretty simple guy Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. I love this prayer that he says here in this. Let no sin rule over me. Say that with me. Let no sin rule over me. I won't neglect your word. Let no sin rule over me. Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. May my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Then the very last section of this psalm. Kind of his prayer and my prayer many times in my ups and downs in life maybe you're like this he says I have strayed like a lost sheep seek your servant for I have not forgotten your commands how many of us have strayed like a sheep and even in the straying we remember what God said And in some ways it haunts us, creates the fear of God back in our hearts where it needs to be. But the writer says, God God seek me. You know, that's the prodigal son, right? God seeks. God comes running when he sees that son. God runs to us. And God seeks us. Now, I don't know where you are in life today, I don't know if you're uh, so burdened over with guilt and shame, you think you can never be forgiven. That's just a lie from Satan. You can always be forgiven. Maybe you're someone that says, Mike, I just don't know the Bible at all. I can't learn it. Oh, everybody can learn the Word of God. And everybody can understand the simplicity of the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Everybody can Oh, Mike, you just don't know the trauma I've had in my life. I understand. We've all got, had trauma at one time or another. But I'm telling you, it ain't about your past. God will take care of your past. He'll remove your sins as far as from the east is from the west. He'll rescue you. He'll heal you when you've been broken, even by other people. Trust the Word of God. It's powerful. It's alive. It cuts to the heart and bone, the Hebrew writer says. And it nourishes our life. If you're feeling weak, then look at what you've been feeding on. If you've been feeding on the TV or you've been feeding on the philosophies of of this culture, if you've been feeding on the psychology of the day... You're not going to get much nourishment. You need to be nourished by the Word of God. God will never let you down. He is faithful. He is compassionate. He is merciful. And He will guide you home. Follow His direction. Commit yourself to this Word of God. And your life will change for eternity. And mine will too. Not because of me. But because of the power within the God who through His Spirit gave us this Word. Follow it. Eat it. Desire it. Let it melt your heart. Let it form your character. Let it design your life to be one that gives God glory. And we get the encouragement. Father, bless my church family. Watch over them. Thank You so much for Your Word. May we ever be committed to it. Follow it and give You glory. Nourish us from Your Word, Father. Teach us to have wisdom and understanding through Your Word. May we be willing to learn and share with others always. Help us to walk in humility. Help us to learn from your precepts and decrees. In Jesus' name, with the help of the Spirit, we pray. And the church said, If you have a need, you can come now. We'll take care of that.